Hello, this is a bit of a preamble. I would just like to remind everyone that it is my mission always to remain open and in that what I mean is I am open to hearing and seeing and understanding people of all perspectives and this includes and is not limited to religion and politics. It is my opinion that the more we understand others, the greater we understand ourselves. And by encountering things that trigger yourself, this is when you know there's something there to be learned, there's something there to be accessed. And for me personally, this is when I go into a self-dialogue, a meditation, if you will, to understand why and how and where and all this and to get to a deeper understanding of what's gone on that would cause a reaction like that for me. So I want to just move that forward because there are and have been in the last few uh, chats I've had some people that have differing views in the world than I personally do and yet I have had no triggering I am happy to encounter them interact with them and I've only learned from them and so I am only coming forward with this as a preamble because I'm getting some interesting feedback uh, concerning that if you are triggered by something absolutely cannot listen don't absolutely walk away and if that means walking away from the whole of my show that's fine but it is a person by person show every chat's different and so I hope you can find it within yourself to be open and move into this deeper territory of self to understand something other than your own bias and stretch beyond your means sometimes intellectually emotionally compassionately whatever it is with that said i would like to also say this information from mark is completely relevant to everything that is going on right now this is a very important chat and I'm gifting the whole thing to the public because this is where we're at. Mark has come forward. He's never been in public this way. He's always ridden under the radar. He's had his sight and helped people individually, but recently he has stepped forward and these are dangerous times. And so... I urge you to get past anything that may be said politically that you disagree with or religiously that you disagree with to grasp the greater idea. One thing I do say always and stand behind is I celebrate your right to free speech, to freedom of thought, to stand in your world who you are and be who you are in your world I will never 
support censorship of any kind. And hopefully that can be something we can extend to each other as we move forward in these very auspicious times. Canceling people out altogether is a very dangerous thing. And we need to look back at how that has played out historically. It's not something I wish on anyone. And to see it happening now in the United States more than anywhere else is a very, very sad and alarming thing. Let's get beyond that. And, of course, if someone wants to harm me, that's beyond your own thoughts of hatred towards me or your own thoughts of not liking what I stand for. That's a different act. Uh, And then we look at that separately. But I support your right to not like me. I support your right to hate me. I support your right to love me. And I support everyone's right to function in this way and that includes not listening and walking away but canceling out voices is in and of itself something I consider actually evil so with that said I'm going to bring on the episode uh, and I did my best to edit the sound it was It is summer where he is in Australia, and there was a fan going. It was very loud, but I did not want to ask him to turn it off because how rude. Uh, He was taking the time to be with me in this conversation. So I've done my best in the editing to quiet that down, and I actually did quite a bit. So it, it is better than it was. And so with that, Enjoy the show. I wanted to get into the work you do through solutions 
empowerment.com and the work you've been doing for all these years now, you, I think, are the trailblazer in this field, at least as far as I'm concerned. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of misinformation. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of stuff that will out there that takes people down, I think, the wrong path that gets them in trouble, not understanding these concepts. And what your website does is it is comprehensive and it offers all this stuff that we're going to get into today, at least in this first half, in detail and in specific with forms that apply to whatever country people are in. I'm in the USA, which seems to be just, uh, as you probably aren't aware of, over-the-top crazy right now. <laughs> you better sure wear two is. masks or three masks. <laughs> we, we chuckle about your elections, too, how, oh. um, how much fraud that they can now get away with, and yet the population, there's no revolution. I, I really don't understand it. It's perplexing to a lot of us. It was so blatant, and uh, there are there's scorched earth everywhere. People are not those that do not want to see it for whatever reasons because they're just playing sides, not realizing it's really them against us in a in a way. Uh, uh, won't see it. They won't see the evidence and the stuff that was blatantly put forward. And of course, as you know, this has had long legs and this is kind of, this is the work you do in the world. This stuff has had long legs to get us to this point. And now we're at the point of absurd where movies like Idiocracy are actually now becoming and looking like a documentary and Monty Python's really coming to, to play with well, some of this. The scandemic is so uh, outrageous and, you know, it's even pushing folks who are adamant uh, believers and have faith in government to the edge of credibility because even they are now starting to question where are all the deaths? Yeah. You know, and to lock economies down and to destroy entire nations' economies for the sake of a couple of elderly deaths, and I'm not belittling that. It's just that it's you know you know how much the, the scope and depth of the fraud is, but deaths happen anyway, and um, you know to to lock down billions and trillions of economy for a handful of deaths when suicides are more than those deaths. Yeah. There are multiple causes of death far in excess of whatever. CV is alleged to have done. There hasn't been a CV death ever, but even even if it was attributed to that, uh, why haven't we had lockdowns for things like cancer or or road tolls or <laughs> one of a million different reasons? You know, it's very obvious there's an ulterior motive, and I think we're getting to to the heart of what that really is, and people are waking up. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that the hyperbolic language around this is unbelievable because if this were really a pandemic, there would be 
a whole different, uh, there would be different optics, there would be bodies everywhere, and we would start seeing where are they burying them. We would actually not be seeing dancing nurses on videos, and the whole narrative would look way different. And so it's obvious that this is part and parcel to deepen the slavery that's going on. And this is the work you do. This is what you've been doing. So that's why I wanted to kind of launch this off with. So everything's going to be in the show notes. And I'm pointing people to checking you out. But the details, as I said, are on your solutionsempowerment.com website. You had to just change to that.com. But if you could give just a, a brief bio on your background. I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. I want to really get into the juice of this. People can find you, and I will point everyone in your direction. Yeah, okay. Mish, you know, I'm I'm actually a very private fellow, and I've avoided interviews with the media all my life. I've avoided doing interviews with uh, people online for for the reason that, you know, we're interfering with chattel. Chattel is a slave. And by agreement, people agreed to be slaves. And if a third party messes with them, uh, the messer, that's me in this case, can get into serious trouble. And there are people that go to jail. There are Canadians in jail. There are Americans in jail because they've been on things like YouTube channels, you know, sprouting, whatever we do. It was only because of Tom Barnett. He's a student that had many good results and he's a very good interviewer. He was more or less begging me to do one. And this has led from one to another to another to another. And, you know, my head's come up. So I've been at this 22 years now. I guess my best protection now is to become more well-known because I'm part-known now and, uh, you know, (laughs) it's spreading. So my awareness started... Uh, from a very young age because my parents are Germans and you'll hear from the Germans a different side of the both wars than what you'll hear in the West. So I grew up always in fights and learned to hold my own as an individual. I have a very strong will and I don't come off second. When I'm on the basketball court, I was always the one, or on a football field, I would be the one to get the ball. If you were in my way, you got bowled over. So I apply this in my work, and for that reason, we had many, many successes. But over a lifetime, I had a few aha moments. I guess you probably have too, and many people do. But when you hear one version and another about the war, you start questioning who's telling the truth. I worked that out from an early age. And it wasn't from the West. You know, the Germans were taking on the Rothschilds worldwide and they paid the penalty. They nearly knocked them off. <clears throat> they did arrest them in 1933. Any, any Rothschilds in Germany was arrested in 1933 and imprisoned. You don't do that to that group of, well, it's an organisation. It's not a family anymore. Yeah. Second aha moment, I was doing university. I did an agricultural science degree. I was marked down in my last year because I was doing research into, it wasn't called that then, organic farming. It was alternative farming. And, you know, I found some very interesting things out. You You don't don't need need chemicals. Now, I got marked down in a major assignment. I, I was reprimanded. I couldn't figure out why. I was just reporting the truth from 
production in California, of all places, where yields only slightly dropped, well, they dropped dramatically the first season with no chemicals, but they recovered within four years to only 4% under the uh, average value. But the 4% loss in production was in economics, financially, was far less than what was being spent on chemicals. So it's revealing a fraud. I learned that later that the uh, faculties, science and et cetera, uh, agriculture, it's all controlled by the drug and petrochemical companies. They pay to get certain results, the drug companies. Uh, and then I found out later in my life that my real dad wasn't what he was purported to be. And if there's one person in life that you think you can trust, well, you know who that is, don't you? I don't want to mention names or anything, but I got a rude awakening. And that led me to a path where when a lady said to me in 1999, Mark, that the elite operate through trusts, I thought, yes, I'm aware of that because my in-laws are very affluent. I learned a lot of tricks through not tricks, you know, skills, <coughs> um, how to leverage and so forth. But anyway, I learned some things from them, but I was aware that trust protect estates. The next statement was they make like 100 to 1,000% per annum. Well, I thought, hello, you got my ears there, never heard that one. And then they said that the tax office is not a legal entity. I thought, holy smokes, I wrote to the tax office and a barrister wrote back to me and said, we can't help you because there are no documents or legislation that created the Australian Taxation Office. This is true universally for all countries. So I got a rude awakening there, and that was the learning curve. And from there, I just started to help people with issues, with tax issues, because I don't pay tax, not direct tax anyway. <clears throat> they bring out what's called goods and services tax worldwide or VAT in the UK. I'm not sure what it's called in America. But, you know, when you buy something, you're paying hidden tax. So that's not so easy to escape. The big ticket items are, but not the little ones. So from that awakening, I've been helping people. And since 99, I've been overwhelmed just by word of mouth business because when you get results... People, they're like ratchet jaws. They get out there and start telling everyone, and I just can't cope. So I thought, I've got to get a website going. So I began in 2007, never achieved a thing. We had about a dozen different ones, but no one could complete them or even properly get them on the on track. It was only a year ago when we uh, had someone that was competent to put it together. Unfortunately, some things happened. He's no longer with us, but we have a current website. We're only about halfway there, but it has sufficient that any one of several modules on there can change people's lives. It's to protect people. Firstly, I call it prevention and cure. Prevention is to stop liabilities arising. Liabilities are things like people know as debts. You can structure yourself to stop a lot of those debts arising. And then when the debts have arisen, a bit like medicine, when you've got a cold now, you've got to deal with it, it takes double the energy. So if you prevent it arising, it's small energy. When you cure, it takes a lot more work to discharge a debt, to just discharge the liability to pay a debt. So they're big elements of the website. 
But other big elements are how to negotiate in commerce, how to get a result, whether it's privately, publicly, how to address court, um, how to settle round table. Uh, you know, you get your adversary to a table and then you knock them out with words. And it's a process. It's very gentle. It's very honourable. You need to stick to the highest principles of law and, and to be honest, common law and legislation or statute, if you like, don't cut it. There are a lot of remedies in both of those jurisdictions, but if you want the highest jurisdiction, stick to the rules of equity. Yes. And knowing the goalposts, once you know the some very basic principles and start applying them, you can become very competent. You can settle just about anything, literally anything without a lawyer or an accountant or a financial advisor or Whatever you're dealing with, you can learn to be that competent. And that's what the website's about. We've got a fair a number of high net worth Americans, actually, that are on the website who think that I'm a fool. I've heard, actually, the language is a bit stronger than that. They cannot understand why we make it available for $99 Australian as a member. That's about $69 US. They say it has millions of dollars worth of intellectual property and knowledge on there, and that's what it's worth to them. And we're giving it away for that. But, you know, the wealthy already are wealthy. Yeah. They have access to resources. It's the common folk like you and I that don't. So that's the market that I wanted to target. So it's not just about making money. It's about trying to help the world's people. And when I say we're only halfway there, we have another, we have 34 recorded webinars on each on each a different subject matter but each module is supported with documentation. You know, when we win in court or when we win a private uh, matter, there's always documentation to support it. You don't just batter your eyes or click your finger, I'm not a genie, and then get a success result. There's work to be done. So we support our webinars with actual documentation, or at least some examples. But we're only halfway there. We've got a lot more to put up there. But we've been targeted from people all around the world from different countries. Literally every European country has asked us to convert our documents to their language, a lot of Asian countries too. Well, we have someone now on board who has the software to do that. Give us some time. This is going to go universal in multiple languages. At the same time, we're having an app. It's just been completed. I'm meeting with the fellow tomorrow. If the website gets hacked or taken down, then this app will be on both styles of phones, whether it's Apple or the smartphones. And so you won't need a website to access our information. You can do it by phone and... Um, and it'll be, it, it will come out in time in multiple languages. At the moment, it's just English, but we will have other languages coming. But the purpose is to free people. You know, there are people all over the world who are going to jail just because they don't put a mask on. Give me a break. Give me a break. That's terrorism, state terrorism. Yes. If you can stop that, you and I and individuals can stop that at an individual level. But as a society, as a community, we can stop that at a national level. And it's time that people unite internationally. 
and that's happening too. Yes. I won't go into the background of that quite yet here, but there are groups that are, are assembling from different countries and they want to join forces and put out processes that are applicable universally. And because the rules of equity is universal, uh, they want to use some of the processes that we're doing with our website. You're doing such a great service for the greater good. This is what you talk about ultimately. And this is where I wanted to go a little bit later because this is rooted in something bigger, something more than just the illusion of this life in this materialistic realm. There's a bigger component here. And you, sure is. Yeah, and, and you know that's where I want to go. But I, I definitely want to make sure we cover this kind of stuff at the beginning because this is, it's all connected in. And right now, more than ever, what you're doing in the physical realm here is needed. This is the time when people are looking for answers. They're trying to understand what is freedom. A lot of people are all of a sudden saying, I'm not free. I'm chattel. Now, I've come to that realization very young. I have a similar story. I didn't even meet my papa until later as well. And uh, this questioning the reality and what is reality was part of what I came in with. But I understand people got on the wheel like they're supposed to, Mark, and they went in and they they do all of the stuff and they never realized that that is slavery. (laughs) That they've been participating in their own slavery without realizing it. We're funding our own slavery. Yes. When you pay tax, when you pay infringements and fines and tolls, but you're funding your own slavery. When you have a bank account that um, when you get a loan, you're funding your own slavery. That's called bondage. And the scriptures specifically prohibit people of faith from being bonded. I'm not blaming anyone, by the way. I don't point fingers because I'm not a judge. I've been a business coward all my life. When I say business coward, If I don't have all the aces in my hand, I won't play the game. I learned from my in-laws, they're multi-millionaires and have never had a a loan or a debt because they don't like being indebted. I I had a loan once and I felt like I had a ring round my neck. I I won't do it. You did have a ring round your neck. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. You did did indeed have a ring round your neck. Yes. And again, it's... That's my perceptions. It may not be right for the next party, and that's fair enough. We all have to respect one another. Yes. And that's the only way we're going to get unity, when people come to a realisation and appreciation that we're not all the same and we need to respect the differences as well as the similarities. I'm just joining with a big community here in Australia. It's a nearly 300-square-mile property, it's a nice altitude. It has everything and a 1,000 members. And um, and I was talking with the guy who bought it, who's put it together, and uh, we had a great conversation all day. And this issue did come up because, you know, people coming from different areas. And he's very wise man, 70, very, very wise man. And we agreed straight away that when people respect one another, 
then we get unity and we can actually achieve things. When one points fingers at another and says you're wrong and you shouldn't do blah, 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 you will never get community together. It doesn't yeah. matter what colour you are, what nationality, what uh, religion, what culture. When you can learn to respect one another because we're all here on earth, so, you know, we, we just need to get along. And with that... And that's part of my messaging in the world is bridging rather than separation. It's the Vesica Pisces, where we overlap. On this first section here, I wanted to, in general, focus on, you have this idea of creating wealth through moving from public to private. And that seemed like a key concept in the rules of equity. And uh, also, I'm one of these people that had, until four years ago, kept a very low profile flying under the radar. I think it's a, pow- it's a superpower. It's definitely the time for some of us to be stepping up to help our, uh, to, to be pro-human, I guess. <laughs> So this idea of creating wealth through moving from public to private is a big deal. And so if you could go into a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Nish, I think you and I are on the same wavelength. That I think we have an obligation now to help humanity. And we're not the only ones. But, you know, if we don't, if we don't step up just like everyone needs to step up, then humanity's gone. Um, you know, even in the scriptures, it talks about the women with the lamps. The ones that were prepared with the oil were the ones that were ready when the knock came to the door and they were taken to a much better dimension. The others were not prepared, though they were given the same warning to get ready. And when it came, they tried to hassle the ones with the oil. And the ones with the oil said, no, there's not enough. We've prepared. I'm sorry, you're going to have to miss out. So, The message is, although one may have faith, that's not always enough. One must be seen to be being active. There's another section that says we, our job is to sow seeds, not to convict, let the spirit convict, but our job is to sow seeds and some of those will take and some of those won't and some of them will take and wilt. You probably know the stories. I'm not here to browbeat anybody, but I'm just saying that we as a peoples, we all individually need to step up because being here in this dimension is an interim. And if we don't step up, I'm sorry to say, but you're coming back and you're going to have another experience and you're going to keep getting knocked back until you step up. It's not hard. But it does take some, it takes a decision and it takes some backbone and courage and it takes a will to say, hang on, maybe it's time I do learn something. Maybe it's time I turn the tally off and put the beer back in the fridge. I'm not having a go. I'm just saying that you don't progress from one dimension to another unless you step up and learn something. And that's what all this is about. But coming back to transitioning, there are two realms, and most of your audience probably know this, two realms, two worlds, two jurisdictions. One is a public realm, 
which is all we ever learn about because it's totally controlled since 1945. It was always controlled for hundreds of years before then. But the last great nation capitulated and, and couldn't hold out the world. So the uh, corporates of the world, because every country is ruled by corporations, it, they overlay the land. So corporate is really fiction. A companies are uh, um, a creation of the mind. So it's, it's a legal fiction. But corporations took over the world. So the world run, operates in a public realm, the realm of fiction. Uh, the realm of commerce. And what does scripture say about that? You're in the world, you're not of this world. In other words, you're in the, the fiction, the, the commerce, get out of it. And government, in its wisdom, in the 30s, when they ran out of money or assets, except people, they couldn't pay the banksters because the banksters took over the reserve banks around the world especially the American, the last big one was the American one in 1913 by one vote. But by 1933, America was bankrupt. The corporation was bankrupt, not bankrupt, was insolvent. And therefore, the corporation either had to be wound up or the corporation had to find some other money. But you can't tax free will. You can't tax people, their principles. So they had to change legislation and then give people birth certificates. Those birth certificates identify a corporation. The name on there is not you. Most of you know this. So, But when people say, oh, I'll have one for my, my youngster and I'll have one for myself, is that you on there? Yeah, that's me. Offer is, is that you? Acceptance is, yeah, that's me. So now you're in an agreement. So you've agreed to subvert your status to that of a ward of the state or a serf or a chattel. They cannot force you to be chattel. It has to be done by consent. That is a conscious decision. Or by assent, which is an unconscious decision to, degree, to agree. And often the system, the public, gets your agreement by your silence, which is assent. When you, for example, don't um, don't communicate with the authorities, and that's what our not notice non-consent notices are all about. When you don't notice that you don't consent to something, your silence is regarded as assent. So it's very important if you don't like what's going on, you better put in writing and notice the relevant authorities. So. If they target people later because they uh, agree to being harmed or whatever and you express you don't consent, then you can be left alone because you never agreed to it. That's very, really very important. Yes. Now, in transitioning from the public to the private, the private is really the, the uh, jurisdiction, if you like, the realm of substance, you know, People, men and women, not corporations or persons. Just get a legal dictionary like Black's, look up the word person, you'll see it includes half a page of different words, corporations, sims residents, drivers, road users, taxpayers, rates payers, all these legal fictions that does not include the word man or woman because they're substance. 
So, and don't use the words flesh and blood, please. <laughs> Common law people tend to use that a lot. But the thing is, flesh and blood, blood represents living. True, it has life force in it. However, man is much more than flesh and blood. You're only getting one little niche. And the body is actually dead. And that came out here in Queensland on the Gold Coast about 10 years ago in court. A magistrate ruled after a very long trial, it went on for like a year or something, the defendant happened to pass away during the course of those proceedings, not in court though, but anyway, when, it, when he was summing up, he said, despite the status, despite the passing of the defendant, it didn't change the status of his persona. You know, the legal judges and, and magistrates, they often let little things slip. The movies let things slip. The public are always letting things slip, but people don't pick up on it. And when when everyone went out into the uh, outside the court and the media were there and the media were interviewing all these people, I said, that judge said the person didn't change his status after he died. Is he a nutter? Is he mad? Is he insane? People said, yeah, yeah, he's crazy. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's incompetent. He's a nutter. Well, maybe the judge was right. Maybe our perceptions are wrong because what he was saying is that the life wasn't in the body, the life is in the spirit. And when the spirit passes, the point of death is when the spirit passes and you actually see the body die. The body was always dead. The spirit had the life, but it left the body. So you'll see the body quickly decompose now that the spirit had left the body. It's time people wake up. You know, you, there is so much information in the world today, if you get online, you cannot plead ignorance any longer. I have absolutely zero tolerance for ignorance. Yeah. Or for those who choose to be ignorant. I go for the green doors, not the red ones. <laughs> so going into the private, you become untouchable. They cannot force you to come back into the public. It's just a matter of knowing how to negotiate the public, and that's what your birth certificate is for. It was a remedy created by government. Yes, it is a fraud, but under the circumstances when the government has made promises, obligations to pay the piper, the reserve bank, principal and interest, and when they have no money left, they've still got a, a contract to abide by, well, they're in a corner. So they did what they, the only thing they could do was create a mechanism where they can still get money to pay the piper. Now, the real issue is we need to fix the problem, not pay the piper, fix the problem, get rid of, you know what? the Reserve Bank. Yes. So, and, and restore government, apparently what Trump was trying to do and may still do, I don't know, I'm not close enough to the mark, but apparently there's going to be an inauguration on the 20th of March where he will assume presidency of the original bona fide United States of America, which was shut down in 1871 when they created a corporation, US Inc., and there hasn't been a president ever since. Yeah. Well, Trump may become the next president of the original USA. Time will tell whether 
all these people around the world on YouTube are giving us the real bona fide truth or whether it's just all a false flag. I can't really tell you. There are things behind the scenes which look like on all appearances that integrity is going to be restored. But I'm not in the States. We see none of it over in Australia. We're just another state of the US. You know, the Commonwealth of Australia is a corporation registered on the US Securities and Exchange Commission as a US corporation. So we're essentially another state of the US. But we don't see any of these um, impacts that Trump has been implementing in, in Australia. Australia is a delinquent nation. It never had rule of law because it was a slave nation from day one when Cook put his flag on the soil here. He was told not to if there was government here, and there was government here, but he put the flag nevertheless on the soil and the white man conquered the country. That's a declaration of war. It's an international crime. Yeah. But they, they cannot bring real law into this country. What? Not without a treaty. Mark, Sorry. could you... Give us a little example of the difference between sovereignty and sovereign. Sovereignty. Sovereignty. This is, you know, I hear people misusing sovereignty all the time, and it, it brings into the conversation here the need for understanding these terms truly at their core. There's a lot of misinformation out there. And look, even on our website, there are probably places that we may have used the word sovereign. But, you know, it, it, uh, we compromise ourselves. We incriminate ourselves because we're telling porkies in Australia that's a lie. I'm sorry about my language. but You, know, <laughs> you, like you may say anything you want here. <laughs> I like using that language when I um, talk to heads of banks or when I talk to the uh, chief uh, senior lawyer for the ATO or when I talk to the registrar for, for a government department like Department of Primary Industry and they're making allegations and wiping people out and taking their farms or taking their fishing business. Australia has no hardly any fishermen left anymore. The Chinese are buying all you know, this is happening. Australia's taken over. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. But when I help an individual, which I can't anymore, I'm, I'm going national because I can't help the whole world. There's too many people. So what I can do is if we do things at a national level, as a community, then we can turn things around. I used to think that I, if I helped enough individuals and we set case law that we could overturn the tyranny, that model has not worked. Yeah. Because the courts won't allow it. I can win in courts, but the win is they just kick the case out of court. They will not make a ruling in favour against the banks or against the tax office or any authority. They'll only just kick that case out so I can help one person escape the net, but I can't, I can't save the country. So it's time that we go for the jugular, go to the top, and that's what I'm doing. And we're going to do a model that is universal so every country can follow it. That's what the website really is about. Um, you wanted examples. Sorry. Keep me on track, please, Mish, because <laughs> the, the world has got so much stuff in it that it's very I, it's, easy to get you're on a tangent. Well, you're such a well that I, I, it's almost, I almost feel 
a little bit guilty interrupting you because every which way you go is relevant. Um, well, I wanted to talk about, so in this idea of moving to, from public to private, and then kind of springboarding from the need to understand what words mean legally at their core and how they ensnare people. Yes. You mentioned sovereign. A sovereign is an underlord. We people, look, slaves are underlords, okay? People, men and women are not. A sovereign by legal definition, just get a Black's Law Dictionary, get a few dictionaries because the meanings can vary, but underlying concepts are the same. It's an underlord. A sovereign is a party that's delegated to rule that they serve under the, uh, under the Messiah and they have a castle to protect, they have territory to protect, they have a standing army, they have their own currency. Now, do you and I have any of that? No. <laughs> I don't think so. So when you say you're sovereign, you're a sovereign woman or a sovereign man, you're lying to them. And the judges, they don't do it in front of you, but they snicker. Yeah. You know, they think, oh, another dumb whatever, what you can, if you're going to make a claim and we should stop making claims because who bears the burden of proof when a claim is made, that's a legal maxim. Yes. The one that makes the claim bears the burden of proof. I don't make claims. That's how I win. This is all about strategy. I poke the bear and I don't care who the bear is, and if, I, if they won't uh, make a statement, I'll poke them harder until they make a statement. And when they make a statement, then I knock them out with a backhander by asking a question. For example, uh, look, we should get to this, this definition first. Suveran is an overlord and on par with the Messiah. An overlord is substance and uh, the... I think it was John where it said that we are co-creators and sons of the creator on par with the Messiah. So the word is suveran, but if you use it commonly, then people say, well, what's that? <laughs> you know, I don't blame them. If you said, look, it's similar to sovereign, you know what sovereign, oh, yeah, know what sovereign is. Ah, good. Let me explain what sovereign actually really is and then mention suveran. And suddenly someone else is educated and they go out and spread the message too. We need to get the facts straight. So um, we were going into the private. When you pay tax, if, if you're a taxpayer, you are compelled to follow tax legislation. If you're uh, driving your vehicle, because driving is a, um, there's a specific definition for driving, it's in the legislation over there. It's when you're in commerce. Well, are you in commerce when you're behind the wheel of your car and you put your foot to the metal and the engine propels the car? I don't drive a car. How can I? One, one dictionary, Bouvier, says driving is being behind a horse in a buggy or a car. So in court, I, I cross-examine. Your Honour, you don't mind if I ask some questions, do you? And he says, no, not at all, uh, to the uh, informant. Well, did you see a horse at the scene of the crime, alleged offence? <laughs> and the officer will go, I don't have to answer that. And the magistrate jumps, and yes, you do answer the question. And I ask him, 
Well, was there a horse before, you know, at the scene of the alleged offence? And you should see them collapse in their seat. <laughs> this is how someone with authority speaks. You know, the scriptures say, oh, the Messiah, he spoke with authority. Mm. Not like scribes. The scribes were weak, need, um, you know, lawyers of the day, the scribes and the Pharisees who were putting harsh laws on the people but didn't follow it themselves. They had absolutely zero credibility. So the scripture actually records them as being weak, need, good for nothings. Whereas the Messiah spoke with conviction. Hey, grow some, you know, kahunas or whatever and get out there and, and hold these people to account. And when you speak with conviction, believe me, they back off. Absolutely. Please. Well, that's also, a, there's an energy involved with that yeah. when when it's authentic and coming from whatever that spirit or soul is that's inhabiting these vessels. Yeah, that's the point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To parse out another word, God. God is adversary. I met a fellow many years ago, 12 years ago, he studied the Hebrew alphabet and he studied the English alphabet. The Hebrew have five letters short of the English alphabet. Guess which letters? The vowels. He knew what every letter meant of the Hebrew alphabet and he knew what all the letters of the English letters meant. He told me he wanted to take me aside for at least three days so I could be coached by him, but I could never find three days to do it. And sadly, he parted many years ago, and I don't know if anyone uh, took up his lead and learnt what he'd learnt. It's very sad. But he said the word, the letters in combination, G-O-D, means adversary. So here we have in the Western world the people of faith uh, praying to the adversary. Very, very clever trick. The second thing is I learned many years ago, when you register, when you register anything, and I'm bringing the point home here with all churches are registered to the state. Yes. Very, very sad because... I went through a lot of churches in the 90s and early 2000s. I was looking for some answers, and none of them. Every time I had questions, the minister or priest, he'd say, well, there's the door. There's the door. Go on. Don't ask questions like that in here. That's not honest, you know. So, you know, I left formal church. I got the last one spat out at the uh, Seventh-day Adventists. Oh, my. <laughs> And then I just, you know, just stuck to reading the scriptures or different scriptures because, you know, there are a lot of truths in there, but there are also a lot of things that are hidden and been adulterated. Yes. So, you know, you have to discern, and that's not an easy task. This is part of what we're trying to unravel, is that everything's woven together here. So, and you just touched on a very key point, religion is man-made. Yes. And understanding the spellcraft of words is essential to navigate the physical plane, the material world. This is at the core of all this. We are born at this point, most people are born into 
a system of slavery as chattel and signed into it. This is a contract, and, and we know this. That's something for people to chew on that haven't. And the idea of flesh and blood was always dead is something that I think many people don't understand that concept. How does that play into all this? The flesh and blood concept or the birth certificate? Well, how is there a bridge there between the two? Uh, well, the birth certificate is evidence of the birthing of a vessel in commerce and the vessel coming into dry dock. It's, it's, it's dead. It comes about eight days after you actually had your nativity, your birth. Yes. And the, a, a register will tell you don't use a birth certificate as your ID because it is not. But we're condemned to using it. Any, any benefit or privilege which is coming from the public realm, any benefit or privilege that you want, they always ask you for your source of ID and we give them the birth certificate. Well, that's not the source of your ID. The source of ID is what mum filled out, which is commonly an application. So you have to ask the registry, wherever you're born, that, you know, you're looking for the the source document or documents. I understand there may be multiple documents in some uh, jurisdictions. I'm looking for the source documents that gave rise to the birth certificate. I believe the ones that mum completed and anything affixed to that. See, my one for Victoria, which is um, south of Australia, I'm out of there, I'm in here. That's the lockdown state used as a template for the whole world. Yeah. You know, the communists in there, it's the Labor Party, and they're under, you know, anyway, that's another story, but. Um, the source, once you've got the source document, that validates your ID. And the source document for Victoria and New South Wales was um, an application form for registration of birth. It was completed in mum's handwriting. And it says on there, is the newborn stillborn or living? And they've handwritten in there, living. Living, that's the document you want. The public have no authority over the private. The public have no authority over the living, and they'll tell you that. Um, the first people I helped back in 2007 with those documents, they were at the titles of, they'd say to me, they don't know what those documents are, and I say, go hire, get their supervisor, come back 20 minutes later, oh, they don't know what you're talking about. I said, go hire. Go, go to the top. And then they come back. Oh, they tell us that they don't recognise that document. I said, well, there's your admission that exists. And secondly, <laughs> they don't recognise it. Well, how can they? They're in the public. Just tell them that's the one that you want. They're telling you that's the one. And tell them that's okay. They don't have to recognise it because you don't recognise their document either. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> Tit for tat. Have fun with it. It you is. Know what doing. It's quite a game. What about? Okay, so with this indemnity insurance, this is well, a key. This is a key factor, though. That's one of many uh, keels heels that the public have. 
I love looking for Arkeel's heels and then making them run for the hills. Uh, <laughs> anyone, anyone operating in the public must have indemnity insurance. They'll have an indemnity insurance number and uh, an insurer. They have to have it because if they break their own rules, which is what they call law, it's not law, it's legislation, applies to creatures of statute in the public like persons and citizens and res, like the tax legislation applies to taxpayers and residents and citizens. The, um, I don't know what yours is called, we have operations group in one state with the transport um, uh, operations um, legislation in another state and they're called different things but Every state in America will have legislation pertaining to road use. So the terminology is driver, and you're not a driver. I already gave that definition, being behind a horse in a buggy or a car. Well, if you haven't got any of those, how can you be a driver or a road user? So when a copper says, well, you're a road user, I said, uh, I did travel on that highway, but road user, how do you mean road user? What, did I grab the with a tarmac and wrap it around my shoulder or did I put it on as a coat or road user? What are you talking about? Road user, what is that? <laughs> you know, where's your evidence that I'm a road user? You, the key to winning is when you poke them so that they make some sort of statement. I love it. They'll make a claim, a statement, a claim, an offer, all the same thing, energy out. When they make a claim, then you're entitled to ask for the evidence to supporting that claim because the one that makes the claim bears the burden of proof. So when they say, well, you got to do this, i got to do that. <laughs> oh, so you're claiming authority over me, a man. Are we in agreement that I'm a man? And they say, oh, what's that got to do? No, 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 that's not the answer. With respect, sir, you're making a claim that you have authority over me as a man. So are we in agreement that I'm a man? Oh, well, you look like one. Thanks, but that's not the answer. I could look like one, but I could be a personator, an imitator. Hang on. Yes or no? I'm, I'm a simple guy, simple man, and I know what yes and no means. So if you could just answer yes or no <laughs> with respect, you know, you don't want to get them angry or anything. Right, right. Look at them in the eye, but you've got to get their second witness because you can't. You're not a judge. You can't tell the truth. That's what the scriptures say. The truth is established out of the mouths of two or more witnesses. Are you two people? No. You're one. So you can't tell the truth. You might say what's true, but you can't tell the truth. You need a second witness to confirm the truth. Who's your second witness? How about your adversary? Is that a cool deal? <laughs> Rules of equity. So... A third time when you say, look, are we in agreement that I'm a man or a woman if you're a woman? And he'll say, well, yes, but get to the point. Thank you. We finally have an agreement that I'm a man. So how does your what, – what do you rely on as your source of, um, of um, jurisdiction or authority over me? And they'll give you their act or legislation. Well, that's for the public and a man is private. So all you have to ask then is, well, how does that legislation or that act or that code apply to a man? Oh, what do you mean? That's not the answer. With respect, look, you made the claim that you've got authority over a man. Please provide me 
the evidence. How does that legislation, code or act or statute apply to a man? Uh, uh, for the third and final time, if you don't answer, I will. Where is your evidence that it applies to me as a man? And you watch them back off. That's how they back off. That's how you win by default. When they're silent, you have the commercial energy in the commercial realm to answer for them. Oh, so you have no authority. I just write in their face, especially at meetings. I absolutely love this game. It's the best game in town. I've had people come as witnesses and they, I would, the people would queue. If I had a meeting, I would get a queue. I don't promote it because you can't bring a 100 people to a meeting. Yeah. But when you know, and we've got a website, uh, sorry, we've got a webinar recorded on how to do these strategies around the table. So if people want to really step up and learn how they can whip the, the public, the, those officers and employees in the public at any position, that is the module to watch and yeah. just start practising it. And I tell you what, the more you practise, the better you get. If I might, Mitch, if, if, if it's okay, I'll just backpedal a little bit because uh, I didn't, finish off with registration, that when you register, you're submitting your uh, disposition to another authority. You're waiving your rights, which are inherent, internal. You're waiving your rights and you're accepting the benefits and privileges or entitlements of what's being offered. good example is with a licence. We apply make application for a licence, apply means to beg, get a dictionary, and then we go and get the licence with all these terms and conditions, their benefits and privileges. And we agree to stick to a 60-mile-an-hour zone. I've got to think American now. And when we go over 60, we break their law, which is not a law, it's a code. And then you get a statutory penalty for for breaching the contract. That's the offence, the breach of contract. But if you sign, if you want a benefit and privilege because it's a hassle if you don't have a licence and you're behind the wheel, they pull you over. Well, we have people all over the place that don't have a licence, but it's work. Every time you're pulled over, you've got to negotiate with the officers. So if you haven't got that sort of time, the easier way is just sign your applications, whatever the application is, whether it's passport, whether it's license, whether it's a healthcare card, doesn't matter. Buy, B-Y, that's buy accommodation. That means that you're a different party to the legal name. So issue of diversity. So you put buy, then sign or put your autograph, put under it your uh, title case name, each initial each uh, first initial is capital. The rest of the word is lowercase. That's a proper noun under the styles of the English language. And then under the name, uh, put all rights reserved. Only the living have rights to reserve. Now, they're stopping people doing it all over Australia that I'm aware of, but uh, those who hold their position still get it. You know, people get told, oh, we don't accept, you can't do that. And they go, oh, why not? And they say, well, we don't accept it. Oh, well, that's surrender. <laughs> but, like, when I had it had happen to me when I did my passport in 2009, I had an urgent one to do overnight, 
They said, uh, I, we, you can't do that. I'd written all rights reserved on the application. And I said, I can't do it. I just did. I pointed at it. They said, no, 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 we won't accept it. What? You won't accept it? So you've got discretion or you can dictate to me how I sign my signature, do you? Do you have the evidence? And they said, oh, have you got some evidence that you sign that way? And I said, yeah. So I threw a few cards on the bench. They're all signed that way. And they said, oh, in your case, we have to accept it. Well, of course they have to accept it. I paid for that <laughs> passport. And if they now don't deliver the service, that's a breach of contract. And I will sue them. I make no bones about that. If I don't get what I want, I sue or I threaten to sue. Same with a licence. Um, I went down. I didn't have a licence for 10 years. I used to get pulled over all the time, in court, out of court, in court, out. You know, it's amazing the police didn't wring their necks when they turned their heads around all the time, <laughs> coming in and out. But they couldn't understand why I couldn't get locked up because the courts recognise if you hold your position being a man, they can't fine you. So I got sick and tired of that game because um, I got bigger things to do, like you do too. So I thought, let's get a, a, a different state's licence. So I'm really out of jurisdiction of the state that I live in. You know, you've got to operate smart, put all rights reserved on there. So when you have all rights reserved, you have not accept, you've entered the contract without accepting the benefits and privileges. You've retained your rights and you have the right to travel anywhere on earth. No country can stop you right. as a man yeah. or woman. Yes. Only as a creature of statute. So, you know, if I get pulled over or if I get a, a fine, I get that occasionally, a speeding fine, then I just photocopy my licence, enlarge the photocopy and write a notice and demand for further and better particulars. And, and they withdraw the infringement because they never had jurisdiction over the licence holder to begin with. Where did I commit a breach of contract when I never agreed to the terms and conditions of the contract? I reserve my rights. Yes. That's how you protect. But the whole point was when the church is registered to the state, they now must serve the state. They do not serve the original master. They can't because Matthew 12... Um, Matthew, I think it's 24, 6, says you can only serve one master. You can't serve two. Mm -hmm. So either you serve the creator or you serve the state. And the state, I mean, it could be a state of a country, it could be a province, it could be the whole country. Some countries don't have states. The state is the public body. And the source of authority and they do have a source of authority because we capitulated when the population in Palestine wanted to have an earthly king just like their neighbours. Yeah. They had an earthly king, but we didn't need it. We had a spiritual king. And Samuel, who was the prophet at the time, uh, was the intermediate who ran the country on behalf of the creator. So he'd go as a messenger saying the people want an earthly king. The creator said, no, read up one Samuel uh, chapter 8, verse 3, to the end of that chapter. It's all about how they eventually, the creator capitulated, he gave them an earthly king as they wished. That was King Saul who became King Paul. 
but he forewarned them what their king would do to them. They would take their firstborn, put them in the army, protect the lands. They would take one-tenth of their increase, that's the tithe, except they don't take 10%. They take like 80 or 90% now. Yes. So it's a lot worse than what they say. But that gave uh, government legitimate authority. It's just that they're supposed to serve the people, but we capitulated and allowed corporate government to take over some generations ago. Unfortunately, you know, the people weren't awake back then and allowed it to happen, and now we're feeling the brunt of it. So we've got to overturn it now. Yeah, but, well, that's where we are with all this, and it's coming to a head, as you know. You you said the very key words here, and we had mentioned this earlier, God, adversary, creator. Sorry, I took a drink. No, no, darling, that's fine. The Bible's very clear. The creator made everything, but amongst his brightest students was was an angel, one of the angels. Yes. But the angel had this element of um, extreme jealousy and com- uh, had a complex because they thought that they uh, were superior to the creator. So there was a, a universal war and the deceiver or the, as, as some people know, as Lucifer, Satan, and these are all more recent terms, the original term was deceiver, you know, uh, lost and was thrown to the earth. The earth is a key platform for the universe. Yes. So for 6,000 years apparently, and, um, and so were a third of the angels who had sided with him. So they were locked away for a 1,000 years. I believe that that has now finished because there's a, there's a, uh, a gate uh, called CERN and, and yes. other things too, which they apparently have penetrated and may have even released released this dark force. But there are, you know, we were only apparently the second creation. The first creation was inorganic, that claim are archons. I don't yes. know if we're getting off subject. No, this is, a, you're going exactly where I wanted to hit in the second half. All natural on your own. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, we're sort of jumping all over the place, but... It goes, it, it does tie together, though, and you know this. Yeah, okay. Just making a note so I can always come back to something because we don't seem to finish any one particular thing because there's so much depth to each of these subject matters. So yeah. we're only giving sort of peripheral uh, view. We're pulling out threads in the cloth. We are. Archons are actually in the biosphere somewhere. They can't live on Earth because they're inorganic and the bugs that are here will kill them. Anyone remember the War of the Worlds? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, the last Superman ever made. Go and watch that film. It tells you what's going on. You know, the kryptonites want to come onto Earth, but they've got to terraform and dry it out because they can't live in such a rich uh, uh, world. But the world is dying. We are a tiny speck of what it was. You know, in the past, you know, we had these monolithic, everything was monolithic because we had very, very high concentrations of carbon dioxide, a thousand times more than today. We had very high concentrations of oxygen so that systems had good breathing 
and everything was prolific. We had forests that grew between two and 60 kilometres high. We don't have anything like that. The highest trees are maybe 300 feet today. That's a matchstick. So, of course, all the dinosaurs died out because there wasn't enough food for them. There are other things that, that happened too, of course. It wasn't just that. But there were dinosaurs around even in the 16th century. They were called uh, dragons. They were very small then because there wasn't the food and the, the knights were eliminating them. So there's recent histories of dinosaurs. There may still be even some alive today. I was told that some of the elites have... Um, uh, what do they call those ferocious ones? They're, they're very good guard dogs, apparently. Even the film Jurassic Park, uh, I was told, had some live shots. You know, those small ones that eat the people? Oh, yes. Oh, anyway. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't recall, though, the name. That's kind of hearsay because I haven't seen the dinosaurs myself. It's only third hand. I don't like going there, to be honest, because there's so much. There's more misinformation on the internet than there is information. Yes, so, there's a 90-10 factor everywhere. Well, I like that, that, that you bring that up, that factor, because um, when we say how do we exercise our rights as a man or woman or how do we express ourselves, how does the system recognise us as, a, as living and a man or woman? Well, I would say 10% of it, is getting your source document, whatever that is, whatever it's called, or source documents. It could be a number of forms. And then you show them. We're in a case in Sydney. Oh, by the way, the other 90% is how you express yourself. You know, debtors in commerce, they make statements all the time, you know, and 90% of what they say is, rubbish is wrong is opinion 90 percent of opinion anything in the world is 90 percent opinion and 10 percent fact yeah but the law sticks to the facts opinions doesn't cut it so what i'm saying to whenever i see people i say stop making claims because you're assuming the debtor role you're testifying you're making energy out a presentment a present uh Offer, statement, claim, all the same thing. A creditor only asks questions or controls the conversation either by asking questions, answering with questions, answering questions with questions, or conditionally accepting an offer. What that means, if someone says something, you say, look, I'll accept that uh, when you provide me evidence that what you're saying is correct. And when they can't provide the evidence, you win by default. So that's called a conditional acceptance. They're the two ways to, uh, well, address, um, to hold your position. Well, you brought this ask. up. You brought this up a little bit earlier without actually saying it, though. There's the law, law of three, three, right, Mark? And that's kind of in there that people end up in a contract by not responding after three yes so this it's, is tied into all this it's a default judgment a private default judgment when you don't pay a debt or pay a bill let's say you get a statement of account or a bill as some people call it. it's not a bill because it hasn't got a man or woman's signature it's a statement of account that's the difference 
you know, when you're in commerce, you don't need a man or woman's signature. You're mixing jurisdictions otherwise. You're in commerce, you get a statement of account or a notice, and you'll see that there's a seal on the top of it. Well, if you look up your Uniform Commercial Code Division 3, that was Division 3 was the former Bills of Exchange Act, United States of America. But they've encoded a lot of their acts into the Uniform Commercial Code. Here in Australia, we have the 1909 Bills of Exchange Act. But um, where it's, uh, ours says at Section 100, Part 2, that a corporate seal is its signature. So when you get a statement of account, whether it's in the mail or whether it's online and you print it out, that statement of account was it from microsecond had a wetting signature. So if it's an offer, because it's got a seal on it, it's an offer. And because it's an offer, it is more honourable to do a full acceptance than a conditional acceptance, but you can do either. A full acceptance is acceptance in the public is taking control over completing it, providing an element of consideration and returning it within 72 hours of receiving it because we're operating in commerce now. So where 72 hours comes from? Rule of contract. Is there a period of time that you can exit a contract after signing it? Absolutely. Any time within 72 hours. After 72 hours, it's ironclad. Hmm. If you accept that offer within 72 hours and return it paid, it's, it's discharged. If you wait till after the 72 hours, you can't use that process. There's a penalty and that's your sweat equity. Now you've got to use uh, your... Federal Reserve Bank notes because um, there's a maxim of law that says the one making the claim, that's them, they're sending you a statement of account where they're claiming they want you to pay this or the legal entity to pay this. That's called a statement of the transaction giving rise to payment. In our Bills of Exchange Act, that's Section 8, Part 4, but yours is all similar actually 99% identical, but it's in your Division 3 of the Uniform Commercial Code. That's the Bills of Exchange Act. So look in there and you'll find exactly the same sections. So when you, when you complete it and send it back, that account's taken care of. Now you just need to hold your position. Uh, the other way is doing a conditional acceptance where you can say, when you get a statement of account, let's say um, an infringement notice, you can write back to them, and it's a little bit more complex than this. You can go into the webinars on the website for the depth, but you can you can uh, put the notice, your your notice of conditional acceptance, um, put the other the, the statement or notice with it, and what you're asking is, uh, look, I'm prepared to pay this account as soon as I see uh, evidence that you have authority over the license holder or jurisdiction over the license holder. If you've got your license signed, all rights reserved. If you don't, you can put other things in there too that they need to um, provide evidence for. For example, when you provide evidence that your legislation applies to a man or a woman, or uh, that you provide evidence. 
that I was operating under that licence at the time of the alleged offence. Just because you've got a licence doesn't mean that you were using it at the time that the offence, alleged offence occurred. So how are they going to prove that you were operating under licence at that time? They can't. So they've got to provide the evidence. If they don't provide the evidence, three notices in demand for uh, further and better particular. The second one is actually a default notice. third one is a final notice. If you don't pay a bill but you don't reply to it, guess what occurs next in maybe 21 days' time? You get a default notice. Yeah. Pay up or else. And you say, oh, more rubbish. That's what we used to do in 1999. <laughs> we thought, no man's wedding signature. Wrong jurisdiction. That's common law. Yeah. So we chucked it in the bin, right? Then the second one, bin material. Final notice, another one. And guess what? Goes to court and you lose by default because the judge says, did you answer any of those notices? No, nah, what for? They're, they're rubbish. Oh, well, decision against you. It's just a mock trial, you know, because the default judgment in the private will be ratified in the public court. So you can use that system. That's the system they use against you. So why don't we use that system against them? And that's what we do. Three notices that are defaulted, not answered to, sets up a private default judgment. So now you go into court with your own claim, with the evidence, three notices fixed to an affidavit, exhibited to an affidavit, and you can win in court. Now, just be aware, we've had... Uh, Three of the four biggest banks in this country, and we've got four banks in the top 100 of the world, by the way, four little, you know, four Aussie banks with a population of 25 million are in the top 100, and one of them is in the top 10 profitabilities. Hmm. We're getting ripped off blind in this country, yeah. not me personally, because I don't bank, you know. Yeah. I like leverage, but anyway, that's another story. But um, sorry, I've lost my track again. <laughs> I have a short-term memory <laughs> condition niche. I'm sorry to say I've had gone through three periods in my lifetime now of severe mercury poisoning. I shouldn't have survived oh, no. the first one. The second one came out where I couldn't walk. I did recover in two months using some natural things, though they wanted to give me um, chemotherapy twice, but I said, uh, no, thank you. And the third time... Uh, probably should have made it either but anyway we're coming back but it has affected my short-term memory it's getting better just takes time to recover that's all oh yeah it's terrible i hope you weren't vaxxed <laughs> no it came from two lots of um amalgams in my teeth i had them removed and uh, unprotected and should have died that day but i managed to drink a gallon of aloe vera juice for every day for a week and that took a lot of the toxin out but that wasn't the you know I still suffered for about five six years but it got better and better and just as I got better I had amalgams put back in without my knowledge I told him I don't want amalgams just the porcelain yes sir yes sir yes sir three bags full sir no they didn't do it they put amalgams in and covered up with porcelain and a year later I woke up and I couldn't move Oh my swollen God. Points, swollen ankles, swollen everything. Couldn't have pain. The pain was murder. I couldn't put any weight on my leg. So, anyway, it doesn't matter. We've got better now. But, you know, I had to find out what I was facing. Fortunately, I've got so many 
competent health professionals around me because they were targeted by our TGA or ASIC or whatever, and I get them out of the fix. So I get a lot of loyalty. So I can go to a lot of people and say, this is my problem, and everyone's putting the puzzle together. So if I didn't have that, I would never have made it. This is, And that's a, actually a great example of how we're starting to find our way out of these systems too by coming together in that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm just having a quick look at my notes, Nish, just so that we sort of covered. Um, the one point that was made earlier was about the arc heels heel of the indemnity insurance. Yes. That's a very powerful one. If you write up a formal complaint, every industry has a formal template complaint that you can fill in. If they don't have one, just copy someone else's industry's one and change the names and just fill it in. Put an affidavit with it, <coughs> listing uh, one paragraph at a time what the uh, facts are and where you're making a claim anywhere, exhibit some evidence, documents that are evidence. All those examples are on the website too. So you just look under the complaint uh, module. There's a webinar for complaints and then there's the documents for that. But when you do that, you just... Uh, send a complaint with the affidavit to several parties, one of them, of course, the indemnity insurer, but the, one is to the supervisor who authorised the, the party that you're having the issue with. You might go to the minister for that industry or, in your country, the... Um, um, the notary or, or the... Um, uh, uh, no, it, we have here ministers of government. You have senators, sorry. Senators, Take yes, thank target you. Target the senator, <laughs> be your state and federal. You know, you target half a dozen people and one complaint can get that party's position, you know, their career terminated. But has that potential? We've had that happen. Um, RSPCA here, they go around plundering people's properties and assets so I helped a friend of mine. They had 13 horses stolen. This is some years ago. Uh, six they bought from a knackery, seven were their own horses. So we did a formal complaint to the CEO of the RSPCA, said that they'd stolen the horses, the owners didn't consent to it, and if you return the property within 72 hours, they will not pursue a damages claim against the officers and your organisation. If you, however, don't return them, we will pursue, and this is what they will be pursuing. I wrote the thing up for them. $1,000 a day rent for all 13 horses. They, they were already in court for a year. They were exhausted. For, for, so there was a year's worth. Of, it amounted to $1.5 million. Anyway, uh, the seven horses that were theirs originally were returned within three days, but the other six were never returned. It turns out that one of them died in the care of the RSPCA. That was good information. Mm. Another one was sold. So when it came to the proceeding, I could see that they were offside with the judge because the, the three lawyers at the front were, and I'm giving a real short one here. It's, it, it's a link. I have a thousand cases like this, I can tell you. I'm not kidding, a thousand, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. But, in, you know, the, the magistrate was coming down hard on this young man of 30. Um, one of three, the, the lawyers were going for three-year jail term, three-year ban on owning horses, 
three-year criminal record and a $420,000 penalty. Well, the RSPCA all over the world is borderline insolvent. So they've got a little team that go out there. They're the hitmen. They go out there drumming up business. Now, ordinary folks don't know this stuff. I know a lot of what goes on because I see it. But uh, anyway, so we turned it around eventually. I won't go through how we did all that, but uh, the webinars can go into some of that. Yeah. But in the end, when he's, his, the, the folks were really angry coming up the steps of the trial. The wife, newly married, she was crying. So I said to him, look, we could change the plea from not guilty because you're not guilty but it's going to take a year to get to a settlement because the magistrate's court won't recognise uh, the Bills of Exchange Act. That's a federal document in the federal jurisdiction. We delivered payment for a, a debt anyway with a promissory note. But anyway, uh, it'll have to go to the Supreme Court and even there they're belligerent, so we'll go to the High Court. But that could take a year. But if you want, we can settle it today and it's all over. And he said, oh, please, can we settle today? So I said to him, can you remember this? Your Honour, I'm only here to plea and to pay. Can you remember that? He said, yeah, absolutely. And that I want to settle and close this matter. Yes, I can remember that. Well, he didn't remember it all, but he remembered some of it. And the judge was gobsmacked that he offered to plead. Oh, what we did in the interim... I went to that property for a week and we wrote up a very lengthy affidavit. I got in to get a, a statement from his vet. The vet happened to have been on his property when the 13 horses were taken. And he wrote out a statement saying that the, uh, that the owners were amongst the most competent um, uh, people, he, uh, carers he'd ever come across and that they looked after the horses very well. Now, the six horses they bought off the knackery, you do realise that horses only go to the knackery when they're in their prime and best groomed position. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, yeah. The worst, <laughs> the worst horses go to the knackery, right? So they'd had those horses for a year and they'd recovered their condition. Sure, they were old horses. They had some teeth missing. They were The ribs were showing old racehorses. But, you know, all racehorses had ribs showing. The point was they were in much better condition than when they bought them from the knackery. So that all came out in the affidavit. And when I put it, we put in the affidavit that one of the horses died in the care of the RSPCA and a few other little points, his eyes were rolling out of his head, this magistrate, when he was reading the affidavit. And when the guy said, sir, I am exhausted, I just want this settled today, can we settle it today? He said, well, I guess so. And what's your plea? He said, guilty with mitigating circumstances. That's how you get a very low penalty with mitigating circumstances. He said, what are you pleading guilty for? And he said, well, Your Honour, uh, I want it just settled today. I don't want this going on and on and on. I'm worn out. He said, what's the mitigating circumstances? Well, sir, we, as you can see in the documentation, we sent three notices to them directing the RSPCA and the, their officers to provide evidence that we were negligent. And they wouldn't provide us evidence. So I take it there's no evidence. And in fact, that they agreed that I took very good care of the horses. But I just want it settled today. He said, 
okay, very well. So he put his head down, started writing up the orders. He's guilty, right? So I told him outside that they get a small penalty. Well, he said, sir, can you afford $2,060? And the guy looked up and he, anyway, he said, yes, I can. Well, the, the lawyers got up, sir, we want it. And the judges waved his arm and silenced them on the spot. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they were looking for 420000 because it probably cost them 200000 to move the horses all over the country and away from these owners, cost them uh, vet bills, food bills, transportation bills. They're not little when you've got 13 horses to handle. Right. So probably cost them 200000 our legal expenses over the last year. So there's probably 200000 expenses. They were hoping to make a profit. Well, we gave them at the end when we walked out of the court and it was only 2000 The parents hugged me and, you know, offered me anything at that stage. But I said, don't worry about the 2060 We're going to discharge that liability with a dollar and five cents. And we did. <laughs> so what they earned was a dollar on $200,000 outlay. <laughs> the whole point was the minute that the CEO got the formal complaint the two senior officers were demoted because they got caught. And after the court hearing, we couldn't find the officers. I think they were sacked. Mm-hmm. So that was one complaint. I've had doctors uh, investigated on one complaint. We've had police investigated on one complaint. So if three people can, uh, there were two judges in New South Wales on the Supreme Court, they each had three complaints against them and they went through the Judicial Review Committee uh, meeting, and they their careers were terminated. And this so, is the power of indemnity insurance. Yeah, we, yeah, if you target their indemnity insurer, they well, it, complaints can do it, but that's another Archeel's heel. But if you combine indemnity a complaint with the indemnity insurer details, they can pull the indemnity insurance and you can't work in the public without indemnity insurance. Yeah. Your career is instantly terminated. So that's another Archeel's heel. But every industry has its own internal code of conduct. That's mm. also an Archeel's heel. <laughs> they're, they're compelled to uphold and comply with it, but they don't. Since when do they, when are they offer, you know, their employees fair open, honest, just, um, uh, equitable, uh, accountable. Uh, and there's a couple of other terms commonly in, that, um, in the code of conduct. And if you, if you can Google them and download it for the industry, banking industry here has banking code of practice. Tax office has, has the, um, oh, their document. Taxpayers' charter. So you just highlight in yellow and then and scan them and you can use them as evidence then in, in any proceedings or just um, use them as exhibits to an affidavit that goes out with your notices. You know, are you going to comply with your code of conduct? Are you going to, when I'm in a meeting, that's one of the questions I ask, are you going to uh, comply with and uphold your code of conduct? And here it is by, and I throw it on the table in front of them. You know, it leaves an impact, I can tell you. Like, oh, well, we'll make an attempt to. That's not the answer to my question. I said, are you going to uphold it? Yes or no? I need an answer now. 
they are there, they're used to intimidating people at all levels. Any level of government, they'll intimidate the people. We don't allow that. When I speak to my client, whoever it is, I intimidate them. But in a in a uh, friendly and diplomatic way. Yes. But I say, hang on, you claim you're going to go after them, knowing now that you're out of jurisdiction. Well, I would walk very gently if I were you because they would be within their rights to sue you personally. And I do hope you've got sufficient indemnity insurance because if you don't, you'll come after your own assets. Or you're threatening me. No, 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 we're just saying... You better just check your indemnity insurance because that's how I stopped the fishermen. They were, uh, the remaining fishermen in southern New South Wales, they were being, the boats were being boarded every time by the marine police, every time they went out fishing. You know, if you can't fish, you don't eat. Yeah. Next thing, all you know, the debts build up and you're gone. That's how they've all gone. There, there are hardly any fishermen left in Australia. The Chinese are coming. Anyway, I, I said to the senior police uh, enforcement officer who was accompanying the uh, registrar for the Department of Primary Industry got a meeting with it because they wouldn't allow it at first, but I deceived them. Sometimes you've got to be sneaky. I said to the this um, police officer on the phone, I said, listen, you, you've been denying them uh, an opportunity to settle this by way of meeting, but if you allowed it, I could come along and I think I can help you to get this guy to settle. I think you can maybe get him out of the industry. He said, you do that? And I said, well, look, I'm here to help the parties. Now, I didn't say which ones. (laughs) That's called misleading. That's what judges do, by the way. They say something, but in actual meaning means something completely different. I've learned how to do that over time. So they allowed the meeting. Of course, I knocked them all out of the meeting. That was in two Augusts ago, not last year, August, August before. They had not had their boats boarded once. They're terrified that we're going to come after. See, these tools are particularly salient now because of, of course, this controlled demolition of everything that's going on with the lockdown and people losing their their livelihood and means to take care of themselves. And then these... Uh, predators are coming in saying you are evicted from here. You have no rights. This is the time for people to really get on board and start understanding some of these principles like the rules of equity. If enough people stepped up and used the documents and just learned the processes... Look, we, at the top of our website, even to a non-member, you can go to the top of the website, solutionsempowerment.com. There's a link there right at the top that says freebies. And there's a heck of a lot of documents in there. One of them is for people in business. It's a notice and you pin it up on your window or on the walls and the repercussions of someone who you don't consent to coming in there like, you know, the... I won't say Gestapo, that's a misleading word, but people know what I mean when I say Gestapo. If you come in there claiming authority and trying to shut you off, they only need to read that and realise, hang on, there's consequences, I better get out of here. Yes. So we're trying to protect all business now from being shut down. You You have the choice. choice. You You cannot be forced to close down. down. Only a slave can be forced. Yes. If you're a man or a woman and you say, where is your evidence that what your legislation or your directions, by the way, 
how does that apply to a man or a woman? They can't answer or they won't answer it because it doesn't apply. Like when, when the police go out there and say, we're arresting you, you haven't got a face. Oh, hang on, hang on a minute. So you've got authority to arrest me because I'm not wearing a mask. He said, yeah. On what authority? Oh, we've got direction. I said, the direction. So it's not even legislation. It's a direction. So with respect, where's your authority to direct me to do something that I don't consent to? Where's your authority? Oh, the Police Powers and Responsibilities Act. That's an act, isn't it? <laughs> See, second witness principle answer <laughs> the question. That's an act, isn't it? Yeah, of course it's an act. Ah, oh, it's an act. And are we in agreement that I'm a man? Oh, what do you? What's that got to? Hang on, no, no. You, you've answered other questions. I've answered questions. Am I a man? Yes or a no? Well, yeah. But what's that? Thank you. So you've admitted that I'm a man. How does an act apply to a man? Could you show me how that act applies to a man? Because I've got 70 lawyers on my database, which I do. You might not, but I do. I've asked them all, provide me any act within Australia or anywhere else that you can provide evidence applies to a man. Not one of them could ever provide anything. There is no silch, nada, none, no legislation on earth that applies to a man or a woman. And that's when you're a man or a woman, you're in the private. They can't touch you. Only in slavery can they do something. If there's a communist dictatorship, but as far as I'm aware, America is not yet openly a communist dictatorship. I think after one term of Biden being in power, you will be a communist dictatorship. I think the people have got to get rid of him. Yeah, well, I mean, he's doing those executive acts like they're coming out of an AR-15, and they I, are, really. <laughs> I, do, I do hope that what is being purported, that Trump comes back and on 20th of March and then has uh, Biden and co. all arrested and imprisoned in you know, Guantanamo Bay or whatever it is, you know, I hope that comes about because that might be the beginning of the turn. I, I, I'm only very careful because in the book of Revelation it talks about the one that has is the world authority and he will purport to be doing all the right things but eventually doesn't does not do all the right things and even these are the words even the elect will be fooled. Mark, before you get deeper into that I have not been able to separate the angelic order. And so for people that might want to get uh, knee-triggered here, the angels and the angelic orders exist in all religions and all mythos. Going back to Gobekli Tepe, we see them. But I have never been able to separate some of these orders from our legal systems. Principalities, powers, dominions, the two witnesses. There's a connection there. Do you have something you can add to that? I would have to have a good think about that, to be honest, Nish. I haven't thought about that, but very, very aware that there are different powers and principalities. And dominions um, and, and dominions. yeah, it, I mean, there's and there's more that tie into what we look at is kind of like or the legal system in which we see down here in the material well, realm. The legal system is just Masonic. Right, um, well, this all plays into that. 
the Masonic temple, courts are Masonic temples. The only valid court we had in Australia is the High Court, and even that's now compromised. I don't know the American system so well, but I believe that you have more integrity there than we have here. But I think that you're rapidly... Well, integrity was being restored, funny enough, under Trump, but um, under Biden, I think that will quickly unravel again. You know, China will take over America under Biden. Make no two mis- make no mistake over it. Uh, the craziness that has gone on with every which way one side was trying to be hyperbolic about anything. You saw everything that happened. And then we have Biden's son who was taking bribes and all this stuff on his computer that people can check that stuff out. This is actual real and damning. And yet it can just be, it's been swept under the table. But politics is very, very dirty business. Yes. I can tell you with 100% certainty the Democratic Party is the communist arm of China, the UN, if you like. Yes. They are the communist, the, you know, all the ministers are dirty. They're all controlled. There are a lot that are controlled in the Republican Party. But if you want to find any integrity at all, look at the Republican Party. But, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of lack of integrity even in there. I prefer the Libertarian Party myself out of the options. Well, we're putting a process. In fact, I've got calls I've got to make shortly, so I can't stay too long. But I'm trying to – we have 56 parties running for the federal election at the end of this year. 56. (laughs) I mean, how the heck can any party overturn Liberal or Labor Party in Australia? Liberal is like – Republicans, Labour is like the Democrats. Labour is the party that brings in the world order because they're the communists. Yeah. But, you know, there's people are so brainwashed in this country, they have no idea what's really going on. They're asleep. But um, I'm trying to amalgamate uh, some of the uh, main independent parties in this country and then field a team that has... Uh, um, candidates in every federal seat, and we can do it. Um, We have a number that have already committed to that. I'm going to try to get them on a conference call so make sure they all have uh, vital key positions. And there are ways of bringing them together. I have a knack for doing that. I don't know why. That's one gift I was given, I guess. But you can do the same over there. If you can get all the independents under one umbrella and the key issue is that you need to find the five, three to five most common policies that resonate with at least 60% of the people. And there are key things like freedom is one, full employment is another. Yeah. Uh, cost of living is another. Yeah. If you can bring, if you, you can go to all the independents with just the key policies and say, look, you've already got these anyway. So these are what we're going to go to the electorate with. But all the ones that are not key policies, if you come on board with us, they will come behind the key ones. We just won't bring them in uh, going to the election, but we'll bring them in afterwards because they're important. That's how I got a lot of these independents to come together because they felt like what their policies were part of the would be the new government. And it would be the part of the new government. You've got to make sure that they get what they want. But if it's not one of the key policies, then 
you know, it's not going to attract the vote. And many of these independents are only a one-party, one-person party. Well, how are they going to take government and change government? Right. You can't. You've got to have a team that is across the nation that's the only way and have a third force, a real third force that, that serves the people. But how in, you know, when we saw the Dominion voting machines and all the fuckery behind that, how do we even get past that level of cheating that went on? Well, that's that's another million-dollar question. We don't have that here yet, but I think it's coming. It's on the cards. I think the key is you've got to somehow uh, put legislation through that either they comply, um, in other words, comply with the real vote, or that they just eliminate digital voting because, gosh, it, it's so manipulated. Well, the, well yeah. the evidence was overwhelming, Mark, and, and half the country refuses to even acknowledge it. And this was hardcore, solid evidence. I looked at all of it. Well, that's what I don't understand, that, you know, Trump got over 80% of the vote. Why isn't there a revolution? How did, how did Biden even come to be inaugurated in that dodgy uh, presidency role for the U.S. Inc.? Well, that's the question, right? This is... <laughs> <laughs> you know, when when very basic questions don't get answered, this is my, my belief system, if a dodgy question isn't answered and some obvious things not come about, then it's by design. Yes. So if it's by design, then Biden was intended to remain. Yes. Well, there's a lot of evidence behind that. And see, this is the thing I always try to come out with people is it doesn't matter where you are find yourself aligned with whatever party if you step back and look at this reasonably and look at the evidence as someone who has stepped back and is just witnessing the process then you start to see something bigger and if there's more of you than one now we have a proper witness system going on and the truth can come out now yeah, we have a module and a webinar that addresses this very issue about community and uh, uh, national strategy. So uh, that goes into quite a lot of detail, actually. I'd rather not do it here because I don't know where this will go. Yeah, yeah, um, I know. <laughs> this is why you have the website. <laughs> yeah, but if I can just – I might have to finish now. I've got a um, – in a, in a few minutes, I've got a, another conference call to do. Okay. But if I could finish on the note that I wanted to to take the load off my daily work um, with helping people by leveraging the experiences, application of knowledge, results, and put online so that the whole world can use the process because the concepts are universal. We stick to rules of equity, which is universal. Statute is for the country. And statute, you know, there's everyone has legislation somewhere in, in, in each country which says that to the extent of any controversy between the rules of equity and the rules of the common law, the rules of equity prevails. Now, it doesn't mention legislation or statute because they are not laws. They are legislation. And legislation is on a lower platform than 
equity, rules of equity. So if you stick to the rules of equity, it applies universally. Equity is what is fair, what is just, what is equitable. It's a part of contract. Now, knowing this, and, and put this in your mind, there is no legislation on earth, none, that can override, trespass or diminish an agreement or contract. In other words, if you stick to rules of equity, you're going to win, as long as you're doing the right thing. If you're doing the wrong thing, well, you're going to get cleaned up. But you have rights that you're entitled to protect. So these principles we do teach through the webinars, and you'll see this in common, denominator, common denominators between the webinars. We lay some foundational principles. But if you watch all the webinars and apply what you learn, we all have it inherent to be superman and superwoman. Woman. And I be believe me, if you learn this stuff and start applying it, you will win against your adversary, whoever that adversary is. Mm. So firstly, we want to create a scenario where all debts are discharged because how can you create wealth when you go one week to the next where you're further behind the eight ball than the previous week? That's the situation in Australia and most of the world. Most people are going backwards, lightning fast and losing all their assets. Well, discharge your debts. There are many ways of doing it. And then what, whatever you bring in, you'll have a surplus. And when you learn how to, to leverage your surplus, you'll, you can multiply your wealth and you can do it very, very fast. Two years ago, I didn't have any property. We've got four now going on the fifth one shortly. Uh, no, no mortgage. That's the point. That can only be done if you don't have loans where it sucks up all your cash flow so you know, don't generate a surplus each month or each week. Without surplus, how can you create wealth and leverage? You can't. Now, that's only part of what the website's about, but it's a key platform because once you're on a, on a, on a track where you've got plenty of surplus cash flow because your living costs are right down because you've got no debt, then you can start leveraging those funds into real estate. We buy property at between 10 and 30% of market value, for instance, and then we flip it. Over here, we've got a parasite that wants 40% of the increased value of the property. Well, there are legitimate ways to go around that too. There's legitimate ways around everything, but if you don't know them, how can you play the game? Yeah. We call our workshop rules of the game. We teach you where the goalposts are so you can actually kick a goal. If you don't know where the goalposts are, how can you kick a goal? Get cleaned up. So it's, it is a comprehensive website, but there's a lot more coming too. This has been the greatest honor. I thank you for this time. All this information is going to be in the show notes so people know where to find you uh, at solutionsempowerment.com where there are all these tools to help people find freedom. And that's the bottom line here. And the more of us that find it, the more empowered we become collectively. Yes. And, and we can work as community and Borders doesn't stop that. Yes. Only a mind can stop it. But when the mind's open, we can work together. Thank you so much, Mark. Okay.
pleasure, Nish. It's really nice to meet you. Good luck with everything. I'm glad we were able to tie in some of the spirituality here because it's multi-layered. Everything is so tied in. And that's one of the things as we move into these times we're in that I think people are starting to see because we're only transient here. Yes. Yes. But if you step up now and you learn like codes of conduct, codes of um, in, in communicating with others and serving the people like the Messiah showed us how to do in the New Testament. It was a book on commerce, actually. He showed you how to negotiate commerce. When he was hammered by the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees and asked trick questions, he would say, well, I'll answer that when you answer me this. That's a conditional acceptance. And they wouldn't answer, so he didn't have to answer. Or he would say, uh, they make a claim against him, he'd say, so you say. That's saying, prove your claim, provide evidence of it. It was just different language of those days. But he showed us how to negotiate, how to properly communicate. Your church doesn't teach this because they can't. They are, they are registered to the state and they have a curriculum that they are not permitted to go beyond. If they do, they get shut down. We got that from the head mason in Australia talking to a, a guy I know. He said there's a jet at Sydney Airport that flies around the country. If a church doesn't follow the program, they get one warning. The second time, they're shut down. Yeah. That'll be the same in your country. Yeah, it's nefarious. And I always love the native view of you can't buy and sell the land. And the natives really have it right. They do have it right. You know what Hitler tried to bring in the same well, he did bring in the same thing. That you, land is not a commodity. That was law back then. <laughs> and and they, made, they made the country self-sufficient. I've got, got the book, Blood and Bone, written by an English woman, I can't believe, it, <laughs> who actually endorsed the programs. They're doing the right thing. Anyway, Excellent. I won't go into that area. It's a big subject area. Too, and I, so. know, I know you have to go. I want to be cognizant of your time. So it, it just you're, you've already closed really in wrap, but I just want to remind people of how they can find you. Yes, if, if you just type in www.solutionsempowerment.com, that'll come to the website. There is an email address which goes to admin at solutionsempowerment.com. So that goes to my partner, Sonia. We have a team of seven, and most of them are overloaded now. I imagine. <laughs> we need to grow more, but anyway, we, you know, there's only a budget, you know, with the budget we've got, so <clears throat> we will put on more people as we grow. All right, Mark, thank you so much, and I hope to talk with you later at some point. Yeah, it's been a pleasure too, Nish, and thank you for hosting today. Really appreciated it. Abiento. And there he goes, Mark Paitolak. I would like to thank the producers of this show, Christy Tesmer, Jason Lamson, Marcy Shapiro, Melanie Poe, Michael Watcher, Santa Rebecca, and Marin Kramer, as well as Patrick Newland, who works as 
a booking agent and is a partner here at the Cosmic Salon. Also, with our show that we do together, The Waters of Sound. It is imperative that we recall who we are on some level, on a spiritual level. And as I said in the preamble, this is not about your religion. This is not about where you find that sense of self. It's just about finding that sense of self, your soul, whatever that is. And with that, I would like to thank you for joining me here in the Cosmic Salon. I hope that with every day you are dreaming deeper, you are dreaming yourself awake, and in that awakening, you are finding more power, power of self, power of agents. We can do this individually, and we only become stronger collectively. Thank you.